And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, well, for the second straight week, this post-game edition of the Buffalo Beat is coming after a loss for the Buffalo Bills. They drop a 26-17 loss to the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, a game in which drew the ire of a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And that means we have a lot in front of us. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Um, my name is Joe Biscaglia. With me, as always, is my podcast partner, Matthew Fairburn, and we are here on the Athletic Podcast Network. And the Bills, I mean, you can look at coaching, you can look at the offense, you can look at the defense. It was, it was quite a bit of failure going around, intertwined with some intriguing moments some some good moments from from time to time but all in all it just wasn't enough for a winning effort but I think that again the thing that has fans really going and that's where we'll start has been the play of the defense and this time around it was not just the uh, the passing defense like I'm sure a lot of people probably expected with a uh, a game going up against a Patrick Mahomes-led team, it was the rushing defense. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 161 yards of his own. Um, Daryl Williams had 26. Uh, Darwin Thompson had another 17. Tyreek Hill had five, uh, and then Patrick Mahomes chipped in 36. Just a just a a, a big time effort from their rushing offense, and I think. I'm interested to know your initial thoughts on it, Matthew, because the raw numbers of it do not look good. Um, but I do think there's a little bit more of a conversation to be had about maybe why that was, as opposed to just the raw numbers. Like, hey, they they allowed X amount of numbers, and and um, so I, I'm interested to know what you you took away from the defense more than anything tonight. Yeah, and listening to players and and Sean McDermott talk after the game, it's almost a like they conceded the rushing offense to the Chiefs tonight. Right. They were going to take away the deep passes. They were going to not allow Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill to beat them in this game with chunk plays, and they were almost okay with allowing uh, the Chiefs to run the football and beat them that way. And it almost worked in a way because they were in the game late. Uh, you know, they they were. A, really a drive away from Josh Allen of, you know, being right in this game. And the fact that it was a one score game at the end and, and they were able to, you know, kind of hang around the way they play defense, I guess it backs up the strategy in some ways. But to me, it felt like a loser's approach to, you know, it felt like overthinking it. The, the news came out in the afternoon that Harrison Phillips and Trent Murphy would be healthy scratches in the game. And 
neither one of those players has dominated this season, but I, I think both have been pretty good run defenders. Trent Murphy in particular. Uh, Harrison Phillips has come along probably slower uh, than people hoped coming off the torn ACL, but Trent Murphy, at least in run defense, has been his usual self. And so that news comes out. There, you know, there's rain in the forecast, and you're thinking, okay, you know, clearly they're selling out to stop the pass, but to allow 245 yards on the ground, um, it, it was just another case of them kind of getting pushed around up front in the front four. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds wasn't able to. Um, you know, really take over a game and, and get stops when they needed it. They could have forced Kansas City to pass at some point, but they never really did. You know, I, I mean, the Chiefs were 9 of 14 on third down. Again, a huge problem for this defense is their inability to get off the field on third down. They had one sack for four yards. You mentioned Mahomes escaping the pocket. Again, an issue uh, keeping contain. This is the highest paid defensive line in football. Uh, they take up 22% of the Bills' salary cap, higher percentage than any team in the NFL. You you know you bench one of those guys in Trent Murphy, but the rest of them didn't you know do much for you either. So uh, some weird decisions from a, a coaching standpoint, uh, in my opinion, with the lineup. Uh, obviously, hindsight is 2020, but those are guys that nobody really expected to get yanked out of the lineup today. And did they do a good job limiting Tyree Kill? You know, certainly they did. He had three catches for 20 yards, uh, you know, no touchdowns. And, you know, that was the main guy people were worried about. And they did an okay job on Kelsey, five catches for 65 yards. But when it mattered, two touchdowns. And this is two straight weeks where they've done a good job of eliminating a team's strength to a point. You know, last week, Derrick Henry had, I think, you know, just over three yards per carry. Uh, but he had two touchdowns. You know, they, they weren't. They weren't coming up with the key plays and key moments, and they haven't been uh, for the better part of a month now. And and so the best teams in the AFC, the best teams in the NFL, are going to be able to beat you multiple ways. Uh, and when you're a defense that, that can't seem to find the balance of, of taking away two things at once, uh, that's what's going to happen. You know, you took away the Chiefs' strength, and they beat you with their perceived uh, you know, le the lesser of their two strengths. You took away the Titans' strength, and they they passed the ball uh, on you. So uh, I think that that's the, the big concern is, is that, you know, the defense doesn't seem to have an answer when the offense changes things up on them. And then, you know, in this game, you you didn't have the offense to to keep up. And you didn't have to keep up uh, in, a, in a real meaningful way. 26 points isn't that many points. Uh, the way the Bills' offense has been playing this year, but uh, it was a it was a just a tough effort. But on the defensive side of the ball, I, I just felt like clearly you could see the strategy and some of the logic involved in it. But you can't just give up 245 rushing yards. I mean, they've yeah. now allowed 200 yard rusher six times under Sean McDermott, and they've allowed 190 plus in three other games. So that's nine games where they've allowed at least 190 yards on the ground under Sean McDermott, it's pretty ugly. And Andy Reid teams don't usually put up those types of yards on the ground, even on on good days. So uh, they just need better from the front four, quite frankly. And uh, when you take away two you know, guys that have been mainstays, you're talking about building the, the continuity or tightening the rotation or whatever, and you're taking away two guys that, that have been here and played with these guys. So I don't know. It, it just felt like they were overthinking it a little bit to me. Well, I think, and a lot of 
good points there. Um, I think the strategy of basically seeding some rushing yards and playing bend but don't break against a I mean I think we can both sit here and say that that's a prolific offense I mean the theory of it is logical because Mahomes is clearly the more explosive entity between uh, he and the running game Um, you don't want Tyreek Hill to beat you deep which he probably would have in uh, in normal instances if they played them the same way they did the Titans you know we're probably seeing deep passes from Mahomes to Tyreek Hill quite a bit with all that man-to-man coverage the Bills would have played Um, Kelsey they limited him to a certain degree which you talked about but he still had the two touchdowns the flaw was I don't think the flaw was the strategy outright like I, I agree that it was a little bit like all right, they they uh, they didn't really give themselves a chance to be an overwhelming defense because they basically just said, "All right, we're going to pick our poison here." But the flaw of the strategy was the fact that they just don't have good run defenders on the second level right now. I mean, the the first line of defense is obvious with the with the defensive linemen. Um, Jerry Hughes is not a great run defender mario addison is a is a solid run defender um quentin jefferson really isn't from that one technique spot ed oliver has has struggled in that capacity and so when you have those four guys up there as you're starting four defensive linemen then you are going to need to depend on tremaine edmonds and aj klein who they played over tyrell dodson in this game because they their concept of a defensive strategy was to not blitz whatsoever. It was to put though their four defensive linemen toward Patrick Mahomes, pin him inside the pocket so he can't freelance, so he so he can't bust you for those those huge plays that we've we've uh, seen from him so often that we saw in the fourth quarter there, and occasionally take one of those edge rushers and drop him back into coverage and and have eight in coverage, uh, but. To compensate for for the lack of a a run stuffing effort up front, they decided to use AJ Klein over Tyrell Dodson, who they thought was a better run defender. But Klein is just not good, point blank. And Edmonds, um, another rough night for him. Of course, it's always tough to tell right from the outset with linebackers, but. There are some pretty clear reads that you could tell that he was struggling with. And the Bills refused, even when the Chiefs went into two tight end formations or they brought in a fullback, they refused to get out of nickel because they didn't want to get beat by by Mahomes. So because of all of these different things, you're taking a bigger guy off the field and you're allowing the run, uh, the run offense for the Chiefs to really get going. Where, where the plan could have worked is if they had... I don't know, maybe a Matt Milano in there that could get off blocks, has a little bit more speed, a little bit more instincts than uh, than a Tremaine Edmonds and, and trying to do that. But they just didn't have that tonight. And they certainly... Um, they certainly didn't ha- get that from Tremaine Edmonds to an overwhelming degree. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is so good to where if you give him enough space where the defensive line is obviously spaced out with this with this front that they're giving them if you give him enough space then he's going to bounce off a tackler whether it be a linebacker or a defensive lineman or a cornerback I mean they just needed 
someone to make plays in that front six, I'll say. Not even just the front four, just the front six um, to step up. They wanted to set up third downs and then to to be able to vanquish the Chiefs on the, on the third downs. Bend but don't break. But they broke so often. The third down defense was horrible. Again, 9 of 14 for the Chiefs tonight. They couldn't get off the field when it mattered. And and that they were setting themselves up all night for third down opportunities. They got so many third down opportunities. And they continued to blow it one after the other after the other. And that's that's just a recipe for disaster when you when you have that sort of strategy and want to operate that strategy. But it just it just didn't work when, when they needed it to. Yeah, the, 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 the problem with doing what they did is that they didn't really have a tremendous amount of success kind of bottling up Patrick Mahomes. He was still 21 of 26, uh, only 225 yards, but it's still 8.7 yards per attempt. And he had two touchdowns. And like you mentioned, they were, it was those key moments, those key stops that are just missing from this Bills defense, whether it's third down and Patrick Mahomes escapes the pocket um, or, you know, gets a big play. I mean, yeah, they limited the big plays in terms of, you know, the the bombs to, to Tyree Kill. But, you know, Pringle had that 37-yard catch at the end of the game. Kelsey had one for 20. Robinson went went for 22 once. It's not the usual what we're used to seeing from the, the Chiefs offense with, you know, 40-plus-yard plays. But they got them when, that, when it mattered. Uh, and this Bills defense just isn't making those plays when it counts. Uh, and sometimes uh, it's not as bad as it looks. Or, or, you know, last week we even said, you know, a lot of short fields. And there were some factors that went into that. And, you know, you could maybe, you know, state some sort of case tonight that they they had some redeeming moments, um, which they did in some ways. But none of it matters if, if when you get in those third down situations or you get down in the red zone, if you're not, uh, you know, limiting the plays that matter. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey going for five for 65, um, that alone would be fine. But two of those catches were touchdowns, um, you know, and I, I think that's where this team is, is, or this defense is really letting the team down uh, in a lot of ways. And, and the last two weeks in particular, they've shown uh, how they've matched up against two of the better teams in the conference. And the results have been a little bit alarming uh, on both sides of the ball, mind you, um, but especially on defense, because this is a team that was supposed to be able to play good enough defense to you know bail the offense out at times. And now you have an offense that's come crashing down to earth and the defense isn't really coming through, um, you know, with the plays that matter. So um, what that leads to is a team that, yes, they're still four and two. Um, they're, they're still in pretty good position, but they've got, you know, the Jets next, next week and then the Patriots and Seahawks after that. So, you know, a team like the Seahawks or, or even a team like the Patriots that, that can look at, you know, this team's weaknesses on defense uh, is going to make it you know, as difficult as some of these other teams have. So I don't know. It's, it was a big two week stretch of football for the bills. And, and in a lot of ways there was, you know, some factors working against them with the schedule and everything else, but uh, just felt like a, a really underwhelming couple of weeks uh, for a team that looked so good through the first four weeks. Uh, the season's not decided in October. Uh, they can, you know, grow from this and, and, you know, figure out a way to match up better with these teams at the end of the year. But, you know, they faced two teams in their conference that, that kind of set the bar last year, and they've come up pretty sh- short on both games. I-, I thought the score wasn't 
quite indicative in the Titans game of, you know, how the Bills played. I thought, you know, Titans ran away with it a little bit late. This one, it felt like the Chiefs should have won by a lot more. Um, and I know that, like you said, it was part part of a bend don't break mentality on defense and and things like that. But I I tend to think too that the Chiefs doing what they did, passing the ball, they were just taking what the Bills gave them. Uh, if mm-hmm. it got into a situation where there wasn't really a point, you know, too much of a point at any you know time in this game where the Chiefs probably felt they needed to throw the ball, uh, the way they were running and picking up big chunks, they just didn't really need to throw the ball. Uh, and if they got into that type of situation, you know, who's to say uh, what this defense would have done? Because when they needed to, they picked up some big plays. Uh, they converted, you know, for touchdowns uh, down near the goal line. And, and they had that that big play at the end of the game when it counted. So uh, I think, you know, they can pat themselves on the back for slowing down Tyreek Hill, but really not much else, in my opinion. Yeah, it it was just a, a failure by, by a lot of different stretches. Um, th- I mean... They were trying to depend on their four-man rush to to get there and to pin him in, and um, it actually seemed like they were doing an okay job of not allowing him to get outside of the pocket where he becomes such a dangerous um, player. But then, you know, right near the end of the game when they could have really used a a stop because it, you know the Bills were down by a total of. Uh, let's see, a total of six points, which uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on the show, I'm sure. But they could have really used a stop there. And then I, I think it was a third and 11. Mahomes breaks the uh, the contain in inside the pocket, gets to the basically the line of scrimmage all the way to his right. And there's just no shot that a, a defense can continue to cover everybody down the field for six, seven, eight seconds or however long he had it in his hand. And eventually Pringle found a seam, came, came back, was was angling away from the, the way the defenders were going. And of course, the defenders were worried that Mahomes might might take off and run for it because he is known to to uh, to put the put the ball in his arms and, and go and gain a first down that way. But yeah, there's just it's a a double edged sword when whenever Mahomes gets out of the pocket, it's either he's going to run for the first down or he's going to find a player down the field and get a huge gain that that breaks your back. Um, so a lot of different elements to this game, but the defense just man, it was it was bad all the way around, and I'll need to go back and look at some of these individual plays and breakdowns. Um, before I even start to sit down and, and write uh, the, I guess, the overall observations from the game. But it just in just in watching what they were unable to do on third down, it was, it was shocking um, that this defense has fallen that far on third downs. And they even did an okay job of it in the first half, too. I mean, they, they forced three different stops. And uh, the Chiefs came away with two touchdown drives in that game, but uh, in that first half. But on only five drives, uh, the Bills were able to force a punt and a turnover, and it it seemed like they were actually able to do some things. But in the second half, it just completely unraveled on them. Yeah, and I, you know, you kind of have to rope, I think, the offense into this conversation um, because. To me, the the way that 
you know, these last two games have gone shows that kind of the script that gives the Bills a lot of trouble. Uh, and, you know, with the offense getting off the field as quick as they were consistently, um, you know, I think time of possession can be a really overrated stat, uh, but it felt like that's what the Bills were kind of trying to play for at first was just to hang on to the ball and not let the Chiefs onto the field. But they didn't make any big plays, hardly, on offense. And this was easily Josh Allen's worst game of the season. Uh, he was kind of all over the place. And I, I think that, you know, has kind of a ripple-down effect uh, on, on the, the rest of the group. Uh, the way the defense, um, you know, was holding them at times. Like you said, there were opportunities in the first half for the Bills to jump into this game and take control. Um, and with the way, I know we talk about the, the way the league is this season in particular with all the all the points being scored, uh, holding the Chiefs to 26 isn't all that bad. Uh, it's not, you know, as bad as it could have been. Um, it felt like a race to 30 should have been this game. And I know there was rain and, you know, the weather played a part, but... Um, there were some openings for the offense to pick up the defense. And then they're playing in a, again, like a kind of a different script. Are, would they be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes if he's forced to pass? Maybe not. Uh, the numbers suggest that, you know, he was quite, you know, just fine uh, when he had to throw the ball. But you're in a tough spot as a defense when you're getting run on that way. And then they're able to use play action the way they are because they're, they're out in front uh, and they've got you on your heels and the offense isn't doing anything to really close the gap. And, and you know make it a different a different game and certainly um was a bit of a gut punch too going into half that that Tyler Bass didn't make that kick Mm -hmm. yeah the and that offense I mean the the perfect segue to the offense because they were just as guilty for what happened in in this game as well because I think the if there was one thing that the Bills felt like they could depend on early in the season. It was the fact that their offense was operating at an efficient level and that even in the Titans game, when it seemed like Allen didn't quite have his, this, his high caliber game, it still for him was a quality game. He, he was still moving the ball effectively enough. And uh, outside of a, a couple of decisions, maybe two or three different decisions, felt like his game for the most part was was a good one against the Titans. Uh, they just weren't as n- nearly as explosive. But this game, it was just misfire after misfire. I mean, there were so many opportunities for them to claw their way back into drives and back into the game, and he was just missing throws left and right. And uh, you know, it was. I think at one point he was completing like 33% of his passes. Uh, it's just, it's, it just was quite reminiscent of an older type of Allen performance as opposed to what we saw in the first four weeks of the season where he started to depend on his legs a bit more and tried to try to knock the chiefs back that way. And while I do believe that there's a, there's a certain amount to be said about having that element of his game, in their game plan so that way it it kind of sucks the chiefs defenders back in or the opponents back in towards the line of scrimmage to where that way they can operate a little bit more efficiently um down down the field with their receivers but in order to do that you have to be able to make your throws at a consistent level and josh allen after the fact he was very critical of himself 
um, saying that he needs to be better. And he's usually pretty down on himself, but he seemed especially down on himself after this game. And it, quite frankly, he was right to because all of his misfires and even if he hits half of the stuff he clearly missed, then this could be a much closer game than than what it was. And that's still with the defense giving up as many yards as they did. So the offense, I think, is is just as much to blame for what they were able to do. And it kind of brings up a bigger conversation because now this is two straight weeks where you can say that the offense just hasn't had their fastball. And they were going up against two of the elite teams in the AFC and for those that don't think that the Titans are elite uh, in in the in terms of the AFC playoff picture, then I might uh, suggest going to see what they've done the last couple of weeks, of course, against the Bills, and then um, coming back in the way that they did against the Titans in electric fashion and showing that they have an offense to go along with, with some of their defensive uh, abilities too. Um, but then going up against the Chiefs, the same deal, is... I mean, the first four weeks were great for Allen, and other teams won't forget them. Fans won't forget what uh, what he did. But now we've reached the point of the year where he needs to find that counterpunch. And usually, these types of games where he's just really bad to the point where he needs to he needs to look in the mirror and figure things out. That's usually the point in his career where the following game we've seen an answer of some sort where he looks a bit better and gets a little bit sharper and things like that. And of course he's got the jets next week. So that's going to be a, you know, a bit easier than it would be say if they were going up against the Steelers, but this is usually the type of game that kind of knocks him back into place. And that's what the bills have to hang their hat on because if the bills would have thought to themselves, all right, going to hold the chiefs to 26 points, no matter how it happens, you know, if the run defense looked as, as terrible as they did, holding them to 26 points where the Chiefs are scoring in the 30s basically all season, the Bills are going, okay, well, we like our chances of potentially getting this one and and potentially winning with the type of way that the, that the offense has been performing. But, you know, the offense just did not have it on any single one of their phases passing rushing it's just it was an ugly game for them yeah it really was uh, and it did feel like the 2019 version of Josh Allen where he he was fighting it at times and there were you know a handful of plays that he just barely missed whether it was um you know that one to Stefan Diggs in the end zone that could have been a touchdown and then you know a mm-hmm. lot of things change but there were also basically from the get-go um, a couple of bad throws by him uh, behind Cole Beasley uh, and over uh, his his intended receiver on the second throw, and he just felt like he was off. He wasn't in the rhythm, and, you know, again, maybe the weather plays a factor, but Mahomes completed 80% of his passes tonight and didn't seem too impacted by it, where Josh Allen did, and he also just felt the reason I say it looked like 2019 Josh Allen, and I don't think that was the case against Tennessee, is that he just didn't look as comfortable in the pocket uh, and with what he was seeing. Uh, he felt a little, you know, frantic back there at times, and mm-hmm. and he just didn't look comfortable at all. And I don't think that's a case of him necessarily, like, you know, being overwhelmed or not knowing what he's seeing, but, but the, this defense did a really good job of defending him and, and it's two weeks in a row I think that you know teams have done 
you know, a, a strong job and, and sort of provided the, the blueprint for how to slow him down. And now it's a, like you said, it's about that, that counterpunch. It's about finding that, that answer to that at some point, you know, during the course of a game or during the course of a season, will he bounce back next week? Probably. I mean, the jets are the worst team in football. Uh, the question is, is he going to play like this every time they play against a top tier team? Every time they have to get into this type of game script where they're playing from behind and, you know, need him uh, to throw the football. If so, it really caps the upside of this team, frankly. Uh, and this isn't really the, the time to settle for, um, you know, a limited upside playoff team. We've talked about, um, you know, what they can do if they play offense the way they did in the first month of the season. But they've now shown two straight weeks against two legitimate contenders uh, for the AFC crown that they're a notch below those teams, at least one notch below. Um in different ways. I think for two straight weeks, uh, Sean McDermott has been outcoached. I think for two straight weeks, uh, Josh Allen has not been the best quarterback on the field. And for two straight weeks, the defense has looked like a shell of itself. So, uh, you know, we're now six games into the season and the defensive problems aren't going away. Matt Milano returning will help, um, you know, in some capacity. But, you know, the, the problems seem to be running deeper than that. You know, if one guy's missing and your team plays that way, um, it's probably not just the one guy. Uh, and, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, um, it's causing problems when they're playing, you know, from behind and, and playing uh, in a game where, where they don't jump out to that early lead. So Josh Allen has to be a lot, a lot better than he was tonight. And it doesn't undo what he did in the first month of the season, but it certainly takes the air out of the balloon uh, of, you know, everybody wanted to to crown him MVP after three or four weeks. And I think they found out, you know, the last two weeks that that's not how the league works. You don't crown an MVP mm -hmm. in September. Uh, you don't hand over the division uh, in September or October. Uh, you don't make the AFC title game based on how you play in September. So, uh, you know, this team still has time to find itself and, and play its best football late in the season. But the schedule's going to be tough uh, the rest of the way. They've gotten you know, some of the lumps out of the way early, but it doesn't exactly let up in a meaningful way. Um, you know, they're going to be done with the Jets after next week. And then, you know, they're they're up against it. Uh, they still have to play the Steelers. They still have to play the Patriots twice. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, still look somewhat tough. Uh, they play the Seahawks. They play the 49ers. You can't afford, you know, at some point you have to beat some of those teams, um, you know, to to get over the edge of, of just being a playoff team to being a team that can host a home playoff game or a team that has a legitimate chance to make a run. Um, and there's time, like I said, for them to to gather themselves and, and get back to what they were doing early in the season. But the fear would be that, that teams have sort of caught on to, to the offense and what was working in that first month. And this is a Chiefs defense that's had its moments. Like I mentioned, you know, they did – a number on Lamar Jackson a few weeks ago. Um, but on the whole, they've been beatable uh, down the field, and the Bills weren't able to take advantage at all tonight. No, not at all. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, you know, to the Bills' credit, they were able to go toe to toe, and their offense was able to operate efficiently against a good Rams team. But that's still not an an AFC. Uh, that's not a team that they're going to be seeing late in the season. So they need to prove that they can do this against their potential r- playoff rivals. And so far, uh, with two chances to do just that. They have fallen woefully short from an offensive perspective. And that's where Allen needs to find himself a little bit here. Because is is there a blueprint? I don't know if there's a there's an actual like uh this is the way that both the Titans and and the Chiefs have played him sort of deal. The Chiefs actually went back to a, an old playbook uh, against Josh Allen, where they they went uh, they brought some heavy pressures and went with some zero blitz uh, idea concepts, um, like bringing Tyron Matthew. By the way, the Chiefs employed Tyron Matthew a little bit of everywhere in this game. I mean, I was tracking him for a lot of uh, of the first half and and into the second half as well, and the way they were using him because normally. He's used to help with the player um, on the interior, along the interior that uh, that can harm their defense the most, whether it be a tight end or a running back or something along those lines. But he was just, they used him in so many different ways. I mean, they used him as a late blitzer. Um, they used him one-on-one against Cole Beasley some plays. They used him uh, to bracket Stefan Diggs. I mean, it's not as though the the Chiefs were just going all zone concept like the Titans were late in the game against them that that limited what Allen could do. I mean, the Chiefs were mixing in a a, a hearty amount of of man to man into the mix and going with the with the blitz pressure, and that's where we saw that that word that you brought up with Allen frantic that that um, the way that he didn't look as poised in the pocket as maybe he had earlier in the season I mean that's self-scouting it's it 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 seems like the way that Allen's career has set up it seems like he's a guy who needs to just be jarred every once and again where he where he hits these has these stretches where he's really good and he's got everything under control and then slowly but surely he drifts back into this uh this mo this mold of himself where he's he goes back into old tendencies and he needs that game in order to spur him on to another stretch of of positive performances. It's just it's kind of a a cycle at this point for him and of course we haven't seen him play as well as he did in the first 4 weeks of the season, but there were signs of it last year like the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving was a sign of, you know, a potential 
huge uh, or sign of potential, a sign of growth, everything like that. But he also needed to have some uh, some games where he really struggled to get him to that point in his career. So it's we're we're probably going to see an answer from him this week because they're going up against a Jets defense that is quite literally hemorrhaging points and yards. But it's about what he can do, as you pointed out, against the big teams and how he can grow in the confines of an actual game without having to to go back and uh, like if why he he needs to be able to find himself and find uh, and find those parts of his game in the game itself rather than going reverting back to all these old tendencies and that's what is going to have to happen for him to become this overwhelming quarterback so I think we're seeing a little bit of a regression to the mean for for Allen right now but it's not as though he can't get back to where he was in the first four games he just needs to be a little bit better to adjust in game because that's that's been kind of a struggle for him yeah I think the there was a lot made this week about Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, and that matchup didn't really come to fruition tonight uh, in, oh. in a much of a meaningful way, right? We didn't get the vintage Pat Mahomes moments that, that you typically see. Uh, he had, you know, he had a good game. Uh, he didn't have a bad game by any means, but wasn't the usual Patrick Mahomes. And Josh Allen was, was the guy that a lot of people said he was and, and that, you know, people were, you know, making – making other people apologize about you know like oh man apologize because josh allen isn't who you thought he was well he needs to avoid games like that on these stages uh if he wants to erase that that you know narrative if you will because there is an element i know josh allen didn't go up against patrick mahomes uh, patrick mahomes wasn't playing cornerback for the chiefs but there is an element of uh, a mental challenge there when you know on the other sideline they have the best quarterback in football and a guy that can put up points quickly and being able to rise to the occasion there, I think is a big deal for a quarterback because that's what happens in January. You know, you, you go up against a good quarterback who can answer uh, to, to some of the things that, that you might be able to do. So it's a, it's more about handling the moment and two national TV games uh, against two of the best teams in the AFC have produced his two worst games of the season. And I think that's where, you know, some of the concern, uh, I think, comes in. And where is, you know, we, we talk a lot on here, it's never as good as it looks and probably never as bad as it looks. Uh, usually there's a, a middle ground somewhere. And I think the question is, you know, where is that with Josh Allen? You know, where is the, you, you know, when you regress to the mean, the mean can't be that. Um, the mean can't be what, what we saw against the chiefs because, uh, that's, that's just not the type of quarterback that's going to win you games in the playoffs. And so I think the, the floor needs to come up a little bit with him and yeah, the, the, the first, you know, he'll, he'll have more games like he did in the first month of the season. I'm pretty confident in that, but he needs to limit the amount of games like the ones he's had the last two weeks, because, uh, particularly this week, just, just didn't you know measure up to, to what they need from him and like I said it's not necessarily next week it'll get easier um, it would be a complete embarrassment if they weren't able to beat the Jets but after mm-hmm. that it's the Patriots Seahawks Cardinals Chargers 49ers and Steelers 
not really an easy game in that bunch. Um, not that they're all unbeatable teams, but not really an easy game in there. Uh, and some good quarterbacks, some good offenses uh, to keep up with. So this is this is sort of the the test. Uh, they're four and two. They're still in a good position to contend for the division. Uh, they're um, you know it's hard to to give them the division you know until they play the Patriots and see how they stack up you know against. Uh, the team that's owned the division for for many years, but um, they've got a, a a couple months of football here um, where they're going to play in more big games like they've played in the last two weeks. And uh, on both sides of the ball, they just need to measure up better. They need to handle the moments better, um, really from the top down, coaching all the way on down. Um, you know, I, I think you know there's there's a lot to be learned from the way you perform. You know when the lights are brightest and really the last three games they've played under, you know, those circumstances, I would say this one, the Titans game and the playoff game last year against the top teams in their conference have all been games where their, their, you know, kind of emotions seem to have gotten away from them a bit. And they're, um, you know, it just seemed a little bit too big at times. And I, I thought that was the case on offense uh, tonight and, and for, for the quarterback. Yeah, the most infuriating part, if you are a member of the Bills right now, is that Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense only got 26 points. And the way that their offense had been playing, you would think that they would be able to get to 27 points against this Chiefs defense, and they were just nowhere. And, and that had to be an extreme frustration for the coaching staff and, and everyone else. But the coaching staff, they aren't absolved in all of this because they could have made it a lot easier on themselves or potentially a lot easier on themselves. And I, there was a there was a moment at the end of the game ended up not really mattering because the Bills, um, obviously, they, they ended up losing anyway. But the fact that there was just just this automatic quick decision as soon as they scored that touchdown on a great on a great drive where the Chiefs were mostly playing playing prevent defense but they got the ball down the field super quick yards in chunk in chunks i mean they were i believe they scored in 2 minutes and 33 seconds which was best case scenario for them they're down a couple of scores you go down you you do that and and you get in the end zone and you by getting the touchdown there you get to 23-16 going into the extra point versus two-point conversion decision. And it didn't even seem like there was any amount of actual consideration as to whether or not to go for two in that instance. And, of course, by kicking the extra point, it gives the Bills the ability to win the game just with a touchdown and an extra point if they were able to stop the Chiefs. But therein lies the problem because, A, they weren't able to really stop the Chiefs at any point in that game. And B, if they're confident in their offense, the way that they were moving the ball, especially on that drive, and only needing two yards to go, then if you were to gain that two-point conversion, you are still you are still putting yourself in a position to win the game uh, with with uh, a stop and a touchdown nonetheless. 
Yeah, that why that two point conversion was so important was because if they were to attain that and the Chiefs go down and kick the field goal like they did, they are still within one possession, a touchdown and a two point conversion, but it just didn't even seem like they even thought about it and that to me is one of the more infuriating aspects of the game, which is why just this game in itself was just an almost total failure every way you look at it uh, and a lot of missed opportunities where they could have been a lot better uh, themselves in how they set this game up for their own uh, their own players. Yeah, I know you you said it, it, it kind of didn't matter in the end because they lost, uh, but yeah. the, way it, the way it mattered is, is that when they get the ball and they're down nine points at the end of the game, and Josh Allen throws an interception, there's a certain element of desperation when you have the ball with less than two minutes left and you're down by nine. You're just kind of, we don't know what that drive looks like if they're down eight. Uh, it's probably Absolutely a different right. drive. And so that's where it's just, there is zero upside to just kicking the extra point. Like pretty much zero upside. And so I don't know what, what they were thinking. Uh, and it's in key moments, again, It you can talk about it from every angle the offense defense and coaching of key moments just not being able to get it done uh key moments making bad game management decisions um which we've seen before from sean mcdermott and you know in key moments the defense letting them down uh, on third down and you know same goes for the offense um basically across the board key moments are not so it that two that two point decision was was the wrong one uh frankly and i just i don't know really that there's a, a defense of it at this point because even if you're you're down what 23 to 16 and they score a touchdown mm-hmm. that's not any different really than mm-hmm. 17 and you know that like I said I can't really wrap my head around what the upside is but we saw the downside when you get the ball with two minutes left and you got to go and get nine points you're you're looking for a miracle and so yeah Josh Allen threw a bad interception but what are you going to do? Like, you know, you have to push the ball downfield and make a play. uh, And they're sitting there in second and 12 and he's trying to make a play. So uh, it's, you know, they're in desperation mode at that point. And they didn't need to be, they could have been in a spot where Mm -hmm. all they needed was a drive and a two point conversion, Uh, you know, like, and they, they're capable of that. They've shown it many times and, you know, they didn't really put their offense in a position to do that. And there's really no excuse for it. The thing is, they have someone on their staff in Dennis Locke who is there for those specific reasons where they tell them, hey, uh, the math points to going for it here or, hey, the math the math says uh, to you know kick, punt, uh, kick the field goal, wh- whatever the case might be. Uh, the only drawback to not uh, to, to going for two in that specific instance would have been, if you were to to uh, to miss out on that two point conversion, and at that point you would be down by seven points, so you would be taking away the possibility uh, to win the game outright with a touchdown and an extra point. But that would have to also mean that your defense were to stop the Chiefs, who were moving the ball pretty well throughout that entire. They are half. the Chiefs. That, <laughs> That's yeah, the other part, they, right? They They're do, the Chiefs. But, They're not the. Exactly. Some other team there, there's a a situational part of it or, you know, a a matchup part of it that you have to be aware of. And it, again, the downside is that you tie the game or I don't know. I don't know, Joe, this is a a revolutionary idea, but you just go for two anyways and win the game. If you're, if it's 23 to 16 
and you get a touchdown and you really want to be aggressive. So I, I don't know. It's it it, it felt like a, a bit of a you know a loser's mentality. Uh, you know, just kicking the can down the road until you need to. But the fact was, you needed it then. I mean, I mean, Sean, Sean McDermott probably had a pretty good, uh, I, I guess, learning experience working under Andy Reid for all of those years because of how Andy Reid uh, handled the end of the first half. I mean, that, that was, was a bad. pretty, yeah, yeah. That, that Andy Reid has long been a pretty mediocre game manager. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's how much it's improved over the years, but um, that was kind of a calling card of his for a while, and. Yeah. yeah, and I guess Sean made basically him proud. almost yeah, exactly basically almost uh, gave the Bills three points, but Tyler Bass uh, missed that one both short and way right <laughs> to the right, completely shanked it. But yeah, it it was just an all in out failure uh, for for the Bills and from the offense to the defense to the coaching, really the only thing that was working was the punt team <laughs> and Bohorquez, who was just absolutely outstanding tonight. But you know, that's really not going to get you too far uh, in, in the confines of an NFL game when you're going up against a prolific offense like the Kansas city chiefs. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events. We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, let's hand out some awards in this game because there are plenty of candidates. Uh, I believe we'll just have to start with the Vontae Davis Award for the player that did not show up at any point in this game. Who would you like to award it to? And uh, I'll, I'll come up with one of my own as well. So you go first. Well, this is the player who did not show up in the second half, correct? Or are we doing oh, Dre Archer first? Yeah. We could, we could, let, let's go with Vontae, player that didn't show up in the second half. Player that did not show up in the second half. I think I'm going to go with Josh Allen um, because there were sure. there were moments to to be had and uh, it was it was not the best second half performance. We've seen some really good efforts from him in the second half and uh 
to me, this was not not one of them. Um, I know he had a touchdown at one point, and they were they were kind of clawing back into it, but um, just not his best. Um, and we've seen some really good ones from him, so um, he's he's got it for me. Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna have to go with with uh, Devin Singletary on this one. He had some solid early runs in this game, but. Uh, just once again, just a, a complete non-factor um, down the stretch of the game, and uh, it's just it's it's getting to be kind of a thing about how this run offense just isn't able to get themselves going here, and um, you know, trying to trying to see if this offense can be multi-dimensional. You know, they saw we saw signs of it in week four, but you know, last week he was just completely out of it this week it seemed like they got a little bit going but then second half just just was nothing there and so i'll, I'll go with i'll go with singletary for the uh the Vontae davis award all right dree archer award uh i'm going to stick on the offensive side of the ball and give it to john brown four targets zero catches zero yards he was nowhere. Coming off an injury, of course, but played. Let me let me go to my snap count spreadsheet here. Ninety six percent of the snaps, zero yards, zero catches, zero factor. Just uh, yeah, another another bad one. Um, uh, that just goes right in in hand with what uh, what the offense was not able to do in this game. Yeah, John Brown was kind of an easy one there. Um, you know for all the talk about how important he was to the offense and you know, the way he, when he was missing last week, he didn't bring much to the table in this game either. And you know, that clearly hurt them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the run defense here. Like just yeah. at no point were they able to get stops. Um, and to me, that was, that was a, a big story in this game, obviously, but just no stops whatsoever. And, you know, it's kind of the, the definition of the award for us there. Yeah. Also shout out to the third down defense, um, nine of 14. They, they allowed to the chiefs. Uh, all right, let's, let's go to the Blaine Gabbard award for perseverance. Uh, I think there is really only one, uh, one candidate for this game, but, uh, but why don't, why don't you go right ahead? I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll ha- let you have it. See if it's the same one that I'm thinking of. I was going to say Corey Bajorquez here. Um, yeah, not that he's been one. bad, but that he's come under criticism at times. And he was, like you said, kind of the only consistent part of this game for the bills. I thought he punted the ball really well. Yeah, he was, he was killing it tonight. Um, let's see. There's. Something to be said for I don't know Taron Johnson coming in and and playing a, a ton of snaps even though he got benched. Uh, the, I don't know. I'm I'm really grasping at straws here because there really wasn't much else. Uh, per, really much more perseverance going on in that game outside of uh, Bohorquez being able to come in and uh, do the damn thing from a punting perspective. And what's what's the award? Of, oh yes, the gotta watch the film award. Um, is there a I'm, I'm sure the gotta watch the film award has to go for the the player that I think has come under a lot of criticism from fans. It's got to be Tremaine Edmonds, right? I mean that that's the one guy who they they've always looked to to say he's such an important piece and you know he does so much and he's a leader and everything like this. But 
really seemed like he was struggling out there, and a big part of why the run defense wasn't able to to at least limit, even though they were seeding some run yards uh, or limiting what what they could do. It, so I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Tremaine Edmonds for the gotta watch the film award. I'm gonna give it to Sean McDermott uh, for his uh, <laughs> his decision on the two point conversion. Um, and considering he's got to watch film on his own, decision. he does. He's got to on, on a lot of this stuff on the on the decision to bench Trent Murphy and, and Harrison Phillips on the decision to not go for two at the end of the game. Uh, I feel like he can only be saved by, uh, by the film here. Uh, I, I will say that if Trent Murphy is deemed to be a weakness, if they're going for a total pass rushing effort, then what are you doing keeping him on the, on the final roster? Um, the way the way this is set, set up, you know who the guy is. You know what his strengths and weaknesses are. You know that if you cut him, you could have saved eight million dollars. What are you doing? I mean, just, just if if he's going to be a part of your team, make him a part of your team. But the healthy scratch thing, like it's just that that makes the decision to keep him just an incredibly bad one for Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, and one that. You know, when when they're talking about how important Matt Milano is to this defense, and we've seen it for the weeks that Matt Milano hasn't been hasn't been with them, um, and that he's been injured, and how how much they've lost because he hasn't been in the lineup, the fact that that you know that this guy that his eight million dollars could have gone a long way into potentially signing him up to a, an extension of some sort without them having to cut some of their players next season, then it's just, it, it, that's another potential failure here and, and a bad decision. And I know they said they wanted to make it a media thing or that it was a media created thing and whatever. I mean, you're, you're making him a healthy scratch in one of your most important games of the season. Like that, that's, that's a bad decision on their part um, to, uh, to keep him if they're not going to trust him in a, in a huge spot like that. And possibly a bad decision simply to scratch him tonight. I mean, like, you know, the way they got beat up uh, in the, the running game, like you said, it's a it's a mixed messages type of deal. Um, and yes. it, your actions usually speak louder uh, than your words. And, and I think he's a he's a good player. Um, he's I, I understand what he brings to the locker room, but to not tr- to keep him on the team, but not trust him in your most important game, um, you know, makes him kind of a bit player. And I don't know. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? It, yeah. And same. I mean, look, you invest so much in this defensive line and it, like, like I said at the top, it kind of just felt like overthinking it. Like, Oh, we're going to take out Harrison Phillips and Trent Murphy for Brian Cox and Justin Zimmer who are fine. Uh, you know, they're fine young players and Zimmer made a player two tonight, but it's just like, what what is the the purpose? Are you sending some sort of message to Phillips and and Murphy because those are two guys that all they talk about is you know those guys you know being good in the room and stuff. So I don't know, kind of a weird one. Yeah, Zimmer, uh, he's another one I I, I forgot about. Uh, he's a candidate for the Blaine Gabbert uh, Award for perseverance because he actually had a seemed like a made some nice plays throughout the game. Um, and secondly, I mean. I know we've talked about this Trent Murphy thing a lot over the last few months, but if AJ Epinesa did anything in training camp, I am of the full belief that Trent Murphy would not be on this roster today. But, you know, he didn't, and he he probably played his uh, more snaps tonight than he had in any game before tonight. But uh, just 
just a just a bad thing all the way around and and it sends a like you said it sends a, a very mixed message for how they went about constructing this roster and you know the the potential uh, the potential domino effect from keeping him when they don't even trust him in a big game like this one be it as it may okay um that'll do it for us on this episode of the buffalo beat uh if by any means, if you have yet to subscribe to The Athletic, be sure to do so by going to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat and get yourself a reduced subscription for the year. That's, again, theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat, where you'll be able to read all of uh, Matthew Fairburn's posts, all my posts, and uh, trying to chop up exactly what happened against the Chiefs and certainly in future games and trade deadline stuff. All of that good stuff. All right, Matthew Fairburn, any uh, fond words of farewell this time around before we talk to the fans in uh, later in the week leading up to the Jets game? Well, it was a big Sunday. Blaine Gabbert got in to a football game, oh, which was oh, God. Um, I was quickly alerted to um, by by the <laughs> army out there. So much love to all the all the people the who Gabbert army all all the people who alerted me. Uh, I see you out there. Does the Buffalo Beat Gabbard Army have a name, or is that just the that's the name? That's the the working uh, the working name, but we're open okay. to suggestions. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, the Bills four and two now on the season. They're next up against the New York Jets uh, on Sunday. Finally, a Sunday at one p.m. game. I didn't know that I would miss it <laughs> this badly, but yeah, I, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm encouraged to get back to a Sunday at 1 p.m. routine and of course the Bills will be uh, very eager to get back to a routine in which they'll be up against a team like the New York the winless New York Jets so they'll hope to go to five and two and try to get their season back on track after uh, two straight losses to a couple of two really good teams all right so for Matthew Fairburn my name is Joe Biscalia thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Buffalo Beat we, talk, we will talk to you later this week see you then